ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of the Chocolate Puma Podcast. It is I, your boy, the Chocolate Puma, back giving you what Loyal 10 Listener Nation has been craving. Oh, man. Uh, if you would like to email the show, you can email us at thepumapod at gmail.com. I like that I say you can email us, even though this is a one-man operation. Uh, I guess it's the royal us. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, however. That would be at btomp20. It's full of fun and delightful anecdotes and just witty banter between me and probably the same four people that I always reply with. It's a good follow. Anyway. This week, we are joined by a return visitor, my homeboy from high school, Kevin, and we have a fun talk about Chicago sports. We talk about the Chicago Bears. We talk about quarterback movements in the NFL. We even have time to talk about uh, the current president and this administration and our expectations and goals for them. And we ended up with a little bit of talk on uh, what I like to call Two 37-year-old wash dads discussing rap. It's a fun listen. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I give to you my boy. Hey. You can love it, you can leave it. This ain't nothing without it. Don't let them get you down. What if How does... Fantasy, uh, I won't ask the question because I'm going to sound like an idiot. I'd probably just do the research myself. But I've only ever done fantasy football. Uh, and uh, is it, are you doing like FanDuel or is it something more complicated than that? No, it's uh, just with a couple of guys from college. This is actually like year 10? Year 10? Oh, year 11? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's it's just a a categories league. So, you know. Uh, head up we choose 11 categories so yeah it's a lot of those guys are very intense about it like they have spreadsheets and all that and I am uh, not as intense like one year I just drafted old guys Uh, (laughs) uh, one year I drafted only like uh, black guys with beards Um, so yeah, I, I take it's a it's very much a game to me, whereas they take it very serious. And it's funny because I've made the playoffs like eight, nine times. <laughs> like I always do really well, and it really pisses them off because they know I didn't do half the research that they did. <laughs> and then I talk like mad shit, like I did do research. <laughs> Oh, that's really funny. How many people are in the league? uh, It is 12 of us. Damn, that's pretty good. And you've made the playoffs that many times? (laughs) Yeah. You're doing something, right? It's, uh, I'm surprised they actually haven't kicked me out yet because I talk match. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's bad how much shit I'm talking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Well, they deserve to get shit talked if they're uh, if they're losing to somebody who's not doing nearly the kind of level of research on par with them. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited for the White Sox. I was watching uh, ESPN uh, had like you know they were releasing their odds and whatever. White Sox are ten to one to win the World Series. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take those odds right now. Sure, that's. 
It's good. I'm, Ten to one's not bad. I'm still worried about Tony Larusa. Uh, you know, yeah, he does love the bottle. He is kind of an asshole, <laughs> but we got a really good but, squad. <laughs> you know, I I just saw that the that part of his contract with the White Sox um, stipulates that he gets a driver, which <laughs> is. Is simultaneously really like, okay, that's, that's great. Like, I'm really good. You're making a smart decision. That seems like a wise choice for on both sides. Like, this is a really smart decision. On the other hand, it's really fucking embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. You're 78 years old and they made you get a driver. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. That's embarrassing. Uh, I, I will say, you know, and it's, it's from the, you know, it's like, like the White Sox feed it seems really upbeat and positive and, and the reports that I've seen, uh, not a ton of them, but from what I've seen, La Russa, like people, it seems like, like the most important person to me is Tim Anderson. And, you know, cause, cause to me, he's the fulcrum that the, the clubhouse sort of rests upon. If he goes with La Russa, everything's going to be fine in my opinion. And, and conversely, if, if La Russa fucks us up and uh, pisses off Tim Anderson, then we're done. Um, and uh, and it, and and I saw something that Tim and Tony had had some one on one, and and Tim was all in on Tony. Like said something like, you know, I'm really excited. He's great. We talked about a lot of stuff, and it, you know, I, it seemed really positive. So from that regard, I'm like, you know, I, what can I do at this point except accept uh, accept it, you know, uh, and uh, and prove me wrong, Tony. So it seems He's, like okay so far. Yeah, he uh, he did. Tim Anderson said the other day, fuck it, we're the best team in the American League. So I'm I'm <laughs> yeah. down. That's my guy. I love him. Uh, I'm like, please don't best. take his personality. Oh, baseball needs oh. guys with personality so bad. Tim Tim Anderson is is one of the coolest baseball players of all time. And, oh, yeah. uh, and and I think Oh man, uh, he I I love it. His, his swagger matches like Chicago swagger. Like he just I don't know, man. I love him. I feel like this was like the best case scenario, given that we gave up Tatis. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. You're you're absolutely right. He's the only thing that could have made Tatis palatable. Like I, yeah. whenever I think about Fernando Tatis, I you know I get a little sick. But at the end of the day, it. You know what were we gonna do? Move him to third, or move Tatis to third, and uh, and try to Yankees this thing? Um, at the end of the day, like I there's I wouldn't rather have another shortstop than Tim Anderson. So yeah, yeah, I love Tim Anderson. I like Moncada. I like uh, who's the kid at second? Madrigal. I like oh, him. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yep. Abreu at first. I'm happy. Yep. So when I see Fernando yeah. Tatis, I'm I'm like, man, he's fun. God, I hope they don't steal his joy. <laughs> Because yep. he hit a grand slam the other day, and he, of course, pimped it out. Like, <laughs> it, it was fantastic. I, I'm i worried about the Padres, I'll be honest. I think they are, because uh, obviously they just locked Tatis until uh, you and I were in our early 50s. And uh, um, they also have Darvish and Snell, uh, locked up, I think for three years, a, a pop, two or three years a piece. So they've yeah. got, they've got, they've got major players that are that are locked up for a while. So even if even if the White Sox are the cream of the crop in the AL, and so we got to still get through the Twins and 
and and you know whatever happens in the on the American side of the playoffs, we still would either you know the Dodgers or the Padres or, or the Mets. The Mets are looking you know improved and they've got you know some good pitching out there. So I don't know. It's uh, I'm looking forward to the season, but I'm still a little nervous now that the expectations are are raised. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I will also say fun fact about that uh, Tatis contract when it ends. Bobby Bonilla will still be getting paid by the New York Mets. <laughs> no, no, yes, no. Is that true? That is absolutely true. What is Bonilla's contract run through? Like, is, is it like twenty thirty six or something? It's is it that it's like... obscenely long. Um, see, now I got to look this oh, up God. here. Uh, so... I it, that's insane. <laughs> I mean, he retired 20 years ago. Oh, man. Let's see. He hasn't played. Okay, yeah. He retired in 2001. Hasn't played for the Mets since 1999. And he will get (laughs) $1.193 million every year until 2035. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He still has 14 years. He still has 15. Yeah. He's, he's, holy cow. So the Mets, because they got screwed over in the Bernie Madoff deal, uh, they were broke. So Bobby Bonians agreed to uh, let the Mets buy out his $5.9 million contract instead of paying it up front. He had those payments deferred and he charged them a guaranteed 8% interest rate. <laughs> Dude, Thus, whatever you do, no matter where you go, get yourself an agent like Bobby Bonilla's agent or, or Bobby Bonilla negotiated that himself. I don't know, but that, that is a hell of a deal. Yeah, that is absolutely insane. So let's see. He uh, the contract that he signed was for twelve point seven million dollars. By the end of the payout, he will have received twenty nine point eight million dollars. My jaw has dropped. I did not know that. Put him in the Hall of Fame right now. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. The contract was already one of my favorite things about sports, but I did I did not know I did not know some of those details. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah, wow. I didn't I didn't realize he had the career that he had. I mean, I knew he was good, but looks like two hundred eighty seven home runs, batted two eighty, over two thousand hits. I mean, that's a solid career. Oh, but you know, how many how many years did how many years did he play? Say. Uh, let's see here. He played. Oh, he's Puerto Rican. Didn't know that. Uh, Fifteen years. <laughs> That's a pretty good career. Yeah. Yeah, 15-year career. Wow. And you're he's making getting 30 million dollars from the Mets alone. I mean, that's a hell of a good job. <laughs> good he's job, he's making more he's making more than than a, a lot of ball players on major league clubs right now. Yeah. Yeah, that is. That's some He's a he's a he's a 19 homer a year guy. Man, that's uh over 2000 hits. Bobby Bonilla. He, he, he really might be my favorite player of all time. He 
you might be. I'm I'm sitting here reconsidering my list. That's uh, Bobby Benito. That's pretty good. I wish I had I wish I had been a little more conscious of him growing up and like appreciated him for what he likely was. Yeah, that is that is fantastic. <laughs> I'm I'm just like in awe here. Oh man! What position uh, did he play? Was he was he left field? Left field, and he also played a little third base. Hmm. So there we go. Look at you, Bobby. Get you, Bobby Bull. That's that's all right. That that actually makes me feel good because usually, like you see, teams screwing over players. It's good to see yeah. a player one up the team. Yeah. Well, and it, it's interesting to me because it, it it makes it makes such good financial sense for the player, and and I can see where a team that's a little cash strapped in the moment would want to you know like if you were the bears let's say and you wanted to go get watson but you didn't have the money and you know you needed to restructure something uh and i don't know enough about the rules in, in some of the leagues if it's possible but like i, I don't know I'm, I'm i'm surprised you don't see more players trying to go for that kind of deferral because like so by then 2030 five is when it runs out yeah. uh when you were 14 so you and i will be yeah we'll be in our 50s i mean that's it's like a it's a it's like a really expensive pension plan you know so i, I i'm surprised more people aren't doing it every year of my adult life bobby bonilla has gotten a check for not playing baseball <laughs> <laughs> every year since i've turned 18 years old <laughs> It's like taxes, death, and Bobby Bonilla getting paid are the only guarantees in life. While he's not playing baseball. Bravo, man. Just just, Bravo. just fucking brilliant. It really is. You, you can't even, the brilliance I don't, of Bobby Bonilla. Well, I think the new Mets ownership are like, really leaning in on it so they want to make like july 1st like bobby bonilla day at the ballpark and have him come out to oh, like really? a big check <laughs> which <laughs> I, I actually think, love that i mean they weren't the ones that made the decision so <laughs> i mean might yeah. as well try to recoup some of that money like <laughs> with a promotional <laughs> like day at the park that's right that's right Bobby, you're helping us pay for your salary. How pissed would you be, though, if you're like the new owner of the Mets and you're like, I got to go ahead and pay for the other owners like terrible business sense. <laughs> like, this is right. This is a horrible investment for me. Yeah, walking in after Madoff or uh, or the Wilpons, uh, yeah. I guess is, a, is actually worth. Um yeah, lot lot to clean up. Those carpets are going to need to be changed, guys. It's uh, deep clean. It's time for a deep clean, and you're not uh, going to be happy about what you find. Yeah, uh, you did mention the Bears. How, how are you feeling about the Bears' oh. prospects at at quarterback? Oh, uh, how much time do we have? So I want to go on record uh, as saying very publicly that I. 
I, I hate, I strongly dislike as much as you can professionally Ryan Pace. And, uh, and, and, and I am not, uh, I'm not kidding. I don't like him. And I think he's terrible at running the team. And I wish they had fired him because now he's going to mortgage. Uh, here, here are my fears, right? The, the two things that the bears could do to succeed in the future are either, you know, go all in for Deshaun Watson, uh, who, you know, would be amazing. Or you go with Nick Foles, you tank, and you just press reset. And one of those options makes sense. I'm worried that they're going to split the baby and take all of the going all in on somebody really bad and, and, and end up uh, seven and nine and eight and eight for the next uh, 35 years. Yeah. What's going to happen is, I mean, if we could, I don't know, trade like a second round pick and get like a Sam Darnold, I wouldn't be opposed to that. A young guy you can possibly develop. Like that's a low risk. I feel trade. Uh, what they're probably going to do is uh, go all in on somebody I hate. Um, yep. Oh, God. I saw somebody on Twitter say that um, Ryan Pace was in New Orleans when they drafted Taysom Hill. And the Bears should try to make – and I was like – I just, like, put my phone down and, like, walked away from it because cool. I was like, I don't need that negative energy in my life. Like, <laughs> what don't... a terrible take. If he if they traded for Taysom Hill, I would officially be done as a Bears fan. <laughs> that, that that would be I, that would be where I get and I've seen some shitty quarterbacks. I paid money to see Henry Burris play quarterback for the Chicago Bears. But Taysom Hill is just a hill too far for me. Uh if the Bears traded, I would I would join you. I would uh I would you and I would ride off into the sunset um, and and be done. Yeah, I'd be like, you know, Mason Hill would be nightmare. I was like, look, we had some good, we had some good times. You know, remember Mike Brown returning all those interceptions for touchdowns? Those are fun. Had Devin Hester. <laughs> that was a good time. But, you know, people, people and teams are in your life for a season, and this season has ended. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are there are actually a lot of reasons why walking out on the Bears makes a lot of sense. They've they've won one Super Bowl in their history. Uh, you know, forget the championships from from pre NFL. Uh, as far as a franchise with all the storied history and George Howard, they we've done nothing. One Super Bowl, and they had a great team, uh, and they and they couldn't you know like and, and the '85 Bears awesome, but like. You know, they didn't run it back. Yeah, they, there was no dynasty associated with it. It was one and done. It was. Uh, it, it, it's, it's actually not that cool. Yeah, my uncle, until the day he died, hated Mike Dicka's guts with all that he had because he was like, with that team, the Bears should have won at least three Super Bowls. And he was like, everybody's yeah. so caught up in his goddamn mustache, and he was like, so like amped up and hated his guts so much. <laughs> And as a kid, I'm like, I can't imagine getting that angry. And you know what, Unc? Wherever you're at, I'm sorry. You are right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's been miserable. The, the Bears have never had a 
4,000 yard passer. And, you know, Carson Wentz, who, who I, I'm thrilled went to the cold. I was terrified. Because uh, that to me would here. have been, you know, right above Taysom Hill in the, in the terribleness category. Um, Carson Wentz has thrown for over 4,000 yards in his career. How do you miss so badly so often? It's, it, it, it defies odds. I feel like uh, Pace should have been fired the moment he said that he drafted Mitch Trubisky because he liked him, just because he liked him, not yeah. because of anything on the field. He just, he liked him. Like you pass Cause he, up. Because he, he drove a, a 15-year-old Nissan Sentra. Yeah, yeah, that's why you you mortgage your team's future. You pass up on Deshaun Watson, who had just beaten Alabama twice. You pass up on yeah. Pat Mahomes, who threw for six thousand yards in a year. God, I'm getting go, a go 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 get the guy who started thirteen games at football powerhouse North Carolina. Look, and I am a North Carolina Tar Heels fan, and even I could tell you I knew nothing of Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> no. I actively sought oh. out North Carolina football games and watched them, and he did not do anything so memorable where I'd be like, hmm, that guy could be a pro. <laughs> and Mitch isn't really, you know, I, I think Mitch tries really hard. He says all the right stuff. You know, I, I don't have any problem with Mitch. I think Ryan Pace ruined that man's life because he drafted him too high. Yeah. He drafted him too high and you he put the expectations too, too high. He traded up. Yeah. It's one spot. It, it was the surest decision I've ever seen anybody make. I mean, it was like somebody just like strolling down the street, just like very confidently crossing against the light right into traffic. Just. I don't care. You're going to stop for me. Here I go. And then just getting walloped by a semi. I remember uh, reading in Sports Illustrated, I believe, John Lynch with the 49ers, the GM, uh, he thought that he was getting pranked because it was like on the record that they weren't drafting a quarterback. Like they were drafting the (laughs) defensive tackle from uh, Stanford. So he's like, what wait you want to trade up to get a guy that we don't want (laughs) like is this a a, is this a test (laughs) yeah manna from heaven (sighs) so So, uh so oh go ahead go ahead yeah i was just gonna say like up here uh i just tell everybody uh Whenever, like, the Chiefs win, I'm like, you know, as a lifelong fan of the Kansas City Chiefs or as a lifelong fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I was very happy with how this season turned out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can I – so let me – so uh, so you're up in, in Michigan. What's the vibe been with Stafford getting traded away? Are people feeling good about the team or no? Lions fans are a very odd bunch. Uh, They have a very inflated sense of, uh, I I don't know how I want to word this, Uh, Matthew Stafford's place in history. While he's been very good, uh, they tend to think of him as, you know, a generational talent, whereas I'm like, he was a, he's a good quarterback on a bad team. So his, his numbers are 
I feel like a little inflated. No disrespect, but you know, he's never really had any scrutiny on him because he's in Detroit. Like, so right. I mean, good on him to get a chance to go somewhere where he can succeed. <laughs> but nobody here is like hating the trade. They're uh they're all very happy for Stafford. They it's like they know the guy. Like there's all these articles about how it's <laughs> such a class act and you know, there's not a single negative article I've seen uh, written about him or talking heads saying like he shouldn't have asked for a trade or any of that, like you're seeing with Deshaun Watson. So it's very funny. So they're just giving him a free pass to just get out of town. Oh yeah. 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 Trying to talk themselves into the Jared Goff experience. It's not going to work. Here's a test, Brian. Here's how you know. Who would you rather have, Jared Goff or Mitch Trubisky? Let's see. I feel like I would rather have Mitch Trubisky because he's at least entertaining. There's the answer. Yep. You never know what you're going to yep. get. <laughs> Honestly, there you go. And that's how you know Jared Goff is not only trash, but really boring trash. Yeah, at least have a personality, you know. Uh, what was it uh, Stringer Bell said about a, a 40 degree day like that that's what uh, Jared Goff is yeah uh, ain't nobody got nothing to say good to say about a 40 degree day Jared Goff is a 40 degree day <laughs> <laughs> he's got a huge contract too It'd be oh, like if you if you had a forty degree day and, and you signed a massive <laughs> contract to a forty degree day, that's Just, what it would be like. I'm sure like the Rams were like, wait, we get from under this, and we get a better quarterback, and in two years our yeah. cap problems are all over. Shit, sign us up. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a couple of first round picks. And they trade first-round picks away every oh, year man. anyway because they don't like drafting in the first round. Yeah, they had, uh, what was it, four receivers in a row? Yeah. Yeah, I think oh, their boy. last, the last first-round pick they took was Jared Goff. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, because they traded away for... Oh. A bunch of them away for Jalen Ramsey. Um, I can't remember who was the other guy they traded away for, but they gave up like a first round pick for him on the day of the draft to move down. Ah, shit. This oh. is, yeah, this is going to annoy the hell out of me. But yeah, uh, they, they do not believe in picking in the first round because. I don't know. Maybe they don't have any trust in their scouting department or what, but. Well, it's like, I, I could see, like, if you have, so here's the thing, if you have a generational talent, you know, you talk about, you use that term and, and like Deshaun Watson to me is a generational talent. Like that guy is, is excellent. If you're like, to me, the whole point of drafting in the first round is to get a stud somebody who can contribute right away for many, many years and you get them on a uh, theoretically on a team friendly contract, whatever that BS means. Mm -hmm. But like what, what's the problem with trading a first rounder for a player that, you know, clear, like Deshaun Watson's 
clearly great. So, you know, he's worth a first rounder. And then you, you know, figure, give up another one or two. Like, I don't see where the economics of that decision are bad. Whereas, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up a couple of first rounders for Stafford. No, no, because I mean, he's in year 13, like as good as you think he can be in that system. How long do you think he can be? Tom Brady is the exception. He's not the rule, you know? So, and when quarterbacks fall off, they fall off a cliff. There's no like gradual decline. Like it's, it's bad. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I'm surprised that there's talk about Breeze coming back because he looked like pure trash um, (laughs) at the end of last season. In the playoffs, I thought he looked uh, flaccid. So I'm surprised that there's rumbling. I mean, it got to a point. I felt like if they had started Jameis Winston, they might have beat Tampa Bay because the defense played well enough to win. I'm with you. I, I, I mean, James had, he came in and he threw one pass for 56 yards and a touchdown. Like it was, and it was the best pass all night. Yeah. So uh, I, yeah, I, I legitimately, I, I legitimately agree with you. I think if Winston had been in that game, they win that one. Am I crazy? But I, I, I still think James Winston can be good. I'm, I'm still very high on James Winston. <laughs> It's well, not, let me rephrase I, uh, that. I'm not very, very high, <laughs> but I yeah. think that. Damn, Brian. You're, I didn't know you loved Jameis Winston, man. Wow. You know, you know how I feel about guys that steal crab legs from Publix, you know? Damn. Yeah, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, commit, commit much worse crimes with Uber drivers. Allegedly. Uh, well, so he, I mean, look, his, I'm split on Jameis because I agree with you. Uh, I actually think he's a fine quarterback and um, secretly I'd be really happy or pleased with the bears got him. Um, I, I think his personality is trash. He's, oh God, he he's a terrible with, human. <laughs> he just like, sometimes sort of is corny to me and, and has some real personality deficits. Yeah. Um, but, but so that to me is like the, the strike against him. But aside from that, I actually think he's, he, he would be, he would be the best quarterback the Bears have ever had. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, because he, he's young enough, I think that he's yeah he's been humbled a little bit. I think by the whole Tampa Bay experience. And when I found yeah. out that he had to have LASIK, so basically he's out there like playing with like seventy five percent vision. I'm like, how did nobody catch this before? Like you're, you won a Heisman Trophy and were the number one pick in the draft, and nobody thought to give you an eye exam. <laughs> Good lord, they're too busy measuring hands. Uh, boy, yeah. <laughs> Good oh old goodness. Mel. Yeah, Kiper. James. Like uh, to me, so obviously, I I would be fine if the Bears went all in on Winston, uh, uh, Watson. Excuse me went all in on Watson and, and traded, you know, three first rounders and uh, I don't, you know, something else I'm sure, but uh, Watson to me would be great. I'd be thrilled if Russell Wilson came. Um, I like Russ. Uh, I'd be happy with Winston, you know, um, outside of that, I, I can't think of a quarterback that I would be maybe Derek Carr. Um, but outside of those three or four, I can't think of anybody I would want. Yeah. I mean, 
I've talked myself into Sam Darnold if the price is right, just because he's so oh. young. And quarterbacks, after they play uh, for Adam Gase, always have a huge jump that first season. When <laughs> like there was, well, you're right. you're- there was Fitzpatrick, there was Tannehill. I, I'm seeing a trend. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong about Gase. But I don't know, Darnold. To me, to me, there's a there's you have your elite quarterbacks like you know Aaron Rodgers and and Watson and and Russell, you know, and then you've got like your real trash quarterbacks like uh, Mike Glennon and uh, <laughs> you know whoever Mike Glennon is competing against, Was and then you Gardner have Minshew? like <laughs> right, there you go, Gardner yeah uh the walking mustache and then you've got this like this broad subset in the middle and the range is like jared goff to mitch trubisky and sam darnold is somewhere in there it's like it's like the 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 gray test on the internet where you look at it and like one end of the spectrum looks darker than the other end of this and, and it's like and and then you find out it's all the same it's the same shade yeah. all the way across, just how your eyes. So that's that's Darnold to me. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter who we have. We gotta fix that offensive line. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm also like, I think I'm, I'm skewing uh, who I want the Bears to get just based off of my black quarterback agenda. So I'm trying to like <laughs> be like, do I really want this quarterback, or is it that I want the Bears to have like a competent black quarterback? Like, so I, I catch myself sometimes being like, I don't know if, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I think, uh, I think it's time. And frankly, at this point, all the best quarterbacks are black. So it would be still, it would be stupid to, it'd be stupid not to embrace that. Bomani Jones had a real good point um, where he was talking about how, How's the league going to market the quarterbacks after like Breeze and Rodgers are gone? Because none of the young quarterbacks that are good are white. Right. <laughs> I mean, other, that's, why they, that's why they're pushing like Josh Allen so hard because he's probably the best young white quarterback out there. <laughs> and he's big. Well, that's interesting. Like, yeah. Yeah, Allen. Allen has been. Um, I, I. I'm sorry to admit, I was rooting against Allen out of the gate. He, he had, you know, his one of his Twitter or a bunch of his tweets in his Twitter account were uh, were extremely problematic. He dropped the N word, and uh, so I was actually I've been rooting against Allen his whole career. But he's he's starting to get to the point where he's he's actually pretty good and kind of fun. So like, it's one where I I've and I, I've never hated the Bills. I've always felt bad for them with their history. So it's getting to the point where I'm kind of just neutral on him now, but uh, but yeah, he's he's the only white, only good white quarterback at this point. I don't hate Josh Allen. What I hate is like the people that defend Josh Allen, because as you know, I'm I'm uh, very active on these Twitter streets, and if you say, <laughs> "Boy, that was a bad pass by Josh Allen," somebody you have no idea who it is. It's just vanity searching anytime somebody types Josh Allen. God. And if it's any kind of criticism, they will camp out in your mentions all day. 
and just I had <laughs> I had a guy last year who when Josh Allen did that stupid like I mean he like chucked it behind him and it was like a fumble it, it was just like oh one of those like what the fuck are you doing plays and I was like that might have been the dumbest play in NFL history and this guy just spends all day. He's like, well, I see you're a Bears fan. So he just like sends me clips of like Mitch Trubisky sucking. And I'm like, yeah, I know Mitch Trubisky sucks. Like, what do you, clearly yeah. if, you, if you're searching my Twitter feed here, I say Mitch Trubisky sucks fairly regularly. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm honest about my quarterback. Can you be honest about yours? <laughs> so yeah, most of the reason why I was rooting against him had nothing to do with anything that he's done. His teammates seem to all like him. You know, yeah. the whole Twitter thing was, you know, he was a teenager. <laughs> I'll, I don't like it, but I'll, I will hold it against him as much as say, if he was in college when he made said statements. Um, yeah. But yeah, his defenders are the real reason why I just like, <laughs> all right, I gotta, we gotta, pump the brakes here buddy that's uh that's a fun bills team though and and uh i I always rooted for them in the super bowls because i you know after you lose the first one i felt bad and well they deserve the second one and then they lost two in a row and i was like well they should have had to get a third and then they lost the third and at that point it was kind of like please don't make the super bowl a fourth time because if you get there and you lose again it's going to be catastrophic and then they did just that um so you know if Buffalo gets a Super Bowl in the near future, I'd be all right with that. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of rooted for him in those Super Bowls just because, you know, I like Marv Levy. <laughs> I've, yeah. I found Marv, yeah. Levy, Marv Levy to just be like a delightful old man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but other than that, uh, you know, I never really rooted against the Bills. And like you said, they're a very fun team. I love Stephon Diggs. Uh yeah. And seeing what they gave up to get him, I really wish the Bears had, you know, maybe made an offer. Because then I'm sitting here That's... thinking about uh, having visions of Allen Robinson and Stefan Diggs on the same team. And then I'm sad because it's never going to happen. <laughs> if you had Allen Robinson and Stefan Diggs on the same team, you could have Jared Goff as your quarterback and you could, you could make the playoffs. You could have me as your quarterback. <laughs> 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 I uh so if you so let's say Ryan Pace gets fired and Brian Thompson is in, in in you know instilled as the as the Bears GM what are your what are your what are your top priorities what are your like what are your moves Oh first thing I'm doing is signing Allen Robinson I mean what what does it take baby to get you here long term <laughs> Yeah. Because, I mean, if you're going to get a quarterback, you got to make sure he's got somebody to throw it to. And I like uh, right. I like some of the young guys. I like Mooney. Um, uh, what's the kid that came out of Memphis? Anthony Miller, fine, fine third receiver. But you need a true number one. Allen Robinson's a true number one. Uh, yep. Then you go and get the quarterback. So, uh, you know, Seattle, if y'all uh, – they're feeling dumb, you know, they can send us Russell Wilson. That's fine. Uh, Houston. <laughs> Houston's just, like, in denial. I just love how they're just, like, pretending, like, no, 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 it's all fine. Everything's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, 
they're definitely they're definitely doing the like they've got the door shut and they're holding it closed and it's like shaking and there's noise coming out from behind it and they're and they're just doing that real high pitch like yeah it's fine nothing to see here <laughs> oh man it sounds like a mess down there and oh, yeah. and and they're jack easter bay and man it sounds bad have you uh have you seen um jack easterby's uh stand up for his uh for his team i think this was back when he was with the chiefs oh i don't know I, I i saw one clip where he he compared where he actually didn't compare he said the ultimate competitor was jesus uh and then went on to compare jesus being nailed to the cross to um trying really hard in sports and competing from a, so that that's the only clip i've seen so what from a what schematic standpoint one? i mean not to get you know all uh sacrilegious but you could argue jesus made a few mistakes there uh on that last drive but i'm gonna i'll <laughs> We'll we'll move on from that. <laughs> My mom's gonna kill me. <laughs> He's, Jesus got outcoached by the Romans. It's true. Uh, he, uh, you know, <laughs> he didn't. Uh, he was. He just wasn't prepared. My religious oh, family my is gonna like disown. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah. No, he was just getting up there and giving like these uh, these a hacky. Uh, like Catskill comedian level jokes, like from the eighties. Like it was. Oh my God, no, I haven't seen that. Oh yeah, I was listening to the um, uh, ESPN Daily, and they had Bill Barnwell on there, and he was like, "To have the confidence of a mediocre white man, because <laughs> uh, Jack Easterby is a mediocre white man who, through sheer confidence in himself, <laughs> has yes. talked to himself." Yes. Into like yes. the number one job in like of a major football team. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. He is the mediocrest of of the whitest of men, and he is he is awful. I saw that he was the he was like um, player character coach for the Patriots the year after Aaron Hernandez. And to his credit, player murders dropped off by a hundred percent. You know when he came on, so you know maybe there's something to it. Uh, <laughs> oh man, that's got to be at the top of his resume. Team chaplain, player, character coach, and then the next thing is like, oh yeah, he's the executive vice president of player development. Like what? <laughs> Yeah, all of a sudden he's in charge of a major uh, a, a national football league team. Meanwhile, Lewis Riddick can't get a job anywhere, and he was running like a scouting department for for like three teams. Like, yeah, it's heck? bananas. Easter used to be the guy. Yeah, he, he's a team chaplain. What background does he have? None. Which it, it's None. hilarious that uh, the Texans hired like an outside firm to be like, hey who should we hire as our general manager? And like, they all came back for like, hey, you need to hire Lewis Riddick because this guy, he's good. Your top player likes him. And then Easterby is like, nah, I'm gonna go hire my boy Casario. But thanks though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, and the, and the really silly thing about them 
is, uh, you know, Watson's under contract. Okay. And, uh, and they say they're not going to trade him. Like, okay. He just, he'll just sit out. Yeah. Like, I, you know, he'll, he, he's made enough money. He can afford to sit out a season. And they're and, not going to, uh, they can't take his guaranteed money either. So. Right. And so then they'll, they'll end up, you know, the longer this goes on, the more they're going to trade pennies on the dollar. So like at this point, he's not, he's not going to play for you guys. Yeah. So just trade him up. And it's their own fault that this is happening. Like they told him that they would bring him in on these decisions and he's still finding out on Twitter, like about, you know, who the general manager is and who's being interviewed for coach. And I'm like, you didn't have to tell him that he was going to be involved in these things. Now he feels like he's, and he's right for feeling this way that he's being lied to. (laughs) So yeah, he doesn't trust you. (laughs) Yeah. The, the defense I've seen on online or the, the, the team defenders, the anti Watsonites are, are all saying like, you know, players shouldn't have input on coaching like personnel decisions anyway, but, you know, and, and, and basically, you know, decrying that side when you, and you made the point, the Texans told them that they were going to consult. They didn't have to say that. Yeah. We made them say that. Yeah. The Packers don't say it to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like it, no, they made they made their bed. They're like the most horrible run franchise. They made Andre yeah. Johnson, who never tweets about anything other than charity, come out and be like, "Yeah, don't trust those dudes." <laughs> Arian Arian Foster came out and tweeted. The only Texans players you remember all came out on Twitter and said they hated the Texans. And Honey Badger just hit him with a no comment and a wink, like. <laughs> So yeah, I, it, I mean, it, it, in and I know there's there's a difference in ages and stages of their career, but the fact that JJ Watt went and and asked for a trade, and they not only they were like, yeah, let, we'll do it here, we'll facilitate it, and they, you know, or or for, uh, they released him. I'm sorry, uh, they released him straight out, you know, per his request. And then Watson sitting over here, who's made it very clear he's not going to play, and they're just no. We're not going to listen to you. And I mean, okay, you can argue like you wouldn't get that much for J.J. Watt. I mean, he's an old defensive lineman. Fine. You can get the greatest haul in NFL history with Deshaun Watson. Make the trade. (laughs) Like he's not going to play for you. (laughs) Yeah. Boy. That's uh, with with the Hopkins trade last year, and then this mess. The Texans are very well the worst team, uh, the worst run team in in sports. Yeah, yeah, by far. I mean, let's trade arguably the best wide receiver in football for a running back who missed last season, and then we end up benching halfway through this season. Good, good job. <laughs> The Texans uh, make me happy that I'm a Bears fan, and that, that's saying something. Yeah, I've, the Texans and the Lions have always made me feel better about my, my Bears <laughs> fandom. Like uh, <laughs> when the Bears lost to the Lions here this last time, uh, <laughs> all the guys at work were like, oh, they're trying, oh, we beat you, ha, ha, ha. I was like, you know, well, even a garbage can gets a steak. A broken clock is right two times a day. 
congratulations <laughs> on being that broken clock. Like <laughs> statistically, you were due. <laughs> we Mr. <laughs> Bisky had never lost to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wasn't gonna win a hundred percent of the game. I mean, he it, it was looking like it till he went all he went full Trubisky on that last play and fumbled. But you know what? Not his fault. I'll let it slide. Not his fault. Not his fault. Uh, I feel like uh, last time you were here, did we have a new president last time you were here? I, I can't remember. I don't think so. I think we're we were still in in Donald Trump's America. Yeah, dark days, man. Wow. Uh, how are you feeling so far? Um. So overall, so so when when Biden won the election, there was a sense of relief. I mean, it was one of those things where like you kind of uh, it, everything was pointing to it happening, and so you know it was kind of like a validation of the of the process again. And then, you know, he gets, he gets inaugurated and you, and like almost immediately the sense of like the pervasive sense of anxiety was gone. And uh, it just like, there's a little bit of trust back in the government again. Uh, that being said, like, I guess I would say I've been underwhelmed so far. Um, I think he started out fairly hot and, uh, and all the signs were trending towards like, Oh, wow, this could be really uh this could be this would be a good ride and uh and and nothing's really happened since you know it's uh they still haven't gotten the stimulus thing done uh you know the vaccines are are rolling which is great um but uh it just feels everything else feels kind of fractured so i i would say i'm like i'm still happy overall but uh but i i kind of wish the democrats were doing more right now to to fundamentally change things then you know i feel like they're sitting on their hands i came into this uh i'll say that i'm happily underwhelmed just because hmm. i had the bar set very low for him because <laughs> you know uncle joe is just a, he's a mediocre old white guy like so he's just gonna right the ship and you know get us back to to where obama left us the the big thing for me is like who's going to uh who's going to follow him that's when my right. expectations are going to go through the roof so you know like you said it, it feels good having an adult sit at the table uh yep feels good you know not waking up in the morning and the first thing you do is look at twitter and be like oh god did he start world war three with a with a tweet, yep. declare war on like yep. Finland, <laughs> just just randomly. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, like you underwhelmed. There's more that could be done, but at the same time, I didn't expect him to, <laughs> you know, come in as the most progressive dude. So <laughs> no, no, you're you're right on that, but it's still it's kind of like. Uh, you know the the like even even outside of like progressive policies and and you know things that I I don't think the Democrats go go far enough on but uh, just like just like governmental stuff like I feel like we're they're rolling over again on things like the the 
the, the oh my goodness now i'm blanking on it it was the um they the house bill was uh like the senate uh whatever i'm just babbling at this point uh came out and said that whatever the provision in the in the proposed bill was wasn't appropriate and so like rather than just pushing it through because it's a popular uh i think it was the minimum wage mm-hmm. um uh, increased to 15 even though it's 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 wildly popular you know this this person this unelected person comes out and says oh it can't be in the bill and and kamala and everybody just are like uh okay well you know we're disappointed but uh, we'll try again in a different way like no well, see, gotta, it's the right thing to do the thing is they try to play by the rules uh yeah. and your opponent doesn't play by the rules like that's no. I mean, that turtle face <laughs> bastard, you know, Mitch McConnell, the biggest, you know, hypocrite in the history of hypocrites. Like he's he's not he's got those guys lockstep to do the the absolute worst <laughs> at yeah. every given chance. And he's got some young wackadoodles waiting in the wings, like who's the uh who's the little transformer dude in the wheelchair that's kind of an asshole uh from North Carolina? Uh Cool. Fuck, uh, and I, you know, I'm being ableist calling uh the guy in the wheelchair a transformer dude. That was that was that was me, but he's an asshole. Uh, Madison Cawthorn. <laughs> oh, like, that name. I don't know about that guy, but his name sounds bad. Oh, he's a fucking dude, bro. Who uh, he's posted pictures from. Uh, was it Auschwitz? It was from a. Nazi concentration camp and he was like oh it's it's so basically like it's cool to be at like Hitler's homeland or some shit like that and yeah he's just god awful um there's that Lauren Boebert broad there's the Marjorie Taylor Green so I mean they got a whole list of young wackadoodles waiting in the wings <laughs> Well, that's what's scary because they're kind of doing to Marjorie Taylor Greene what they did to Trump when, um, you know, if you turned on the news like right after the Democrats uh, voted to censure her her appointment, all the, the all the coverage on on the networks was was just like panels talking about, wow, what a loon Marjorie Taylor Greene is, and can you believe like what she's in and like. Yeah, I think it's important that we report on it, but we shouldn't be sensationalist about this. And I don't think we should be giving her any extra airtime because what she's going to blow up like Trump blew up Mm -hmm. and she's going to be the ascendant to whatever his power base is. And uh, and we're going to be fighting off Marjorie Taylor Greene in 2024. And, And God, if she gets elected like Trump, Trump, to me, he didn't believe the things he was doing, he was doing them because he knew it riled up uh, half the population and he knew it would, uh, you know, um, you know, just, he, he knew, he knew what to do, but I don't, I don't believe that he's a, you know, he was fervent, a fervent believer. Whereas somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene to me is, is, uh, is, is four brains in the tank. Like she's, you know, she's insane. Oh yeah. Well, what, What's kind of giving me hope with her is that base is so like sexist that I don't think that even if they agree with her, they would ever vote for a woman. Um, so, mm. you know, 
there's some sexism that might save the country one day. I don't know. <laughs> she is a nut, man. Yeah, it like and, and and Bober too. Yeah, she's got guns like all loaded up, just like hanging out like behind her. And I'm like, if you like lean that chair back and knock that gun just a touch, <laughs> you're gonna murder your entire family. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and, Darwin Awards, my friend. And then what? Marjorie Taylor Greene. She, <laughs> I didn't know anything about her until I uh, I looked up uh, today and saw that she had an affair with like dudes at her gym. Like, she just basically the the biggest hypocrite since Mitch McConnell. I mean. <laughs> Running on family yeah. values and and banging some uh, some trainers, you know. Yeah. Oh, they never cease to disappoint the Republicans. It's they it's almost impressive. <laughs> like the and depths. just when you think they're gonna zig, they zag. <laughs> it was uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper who used to say, "Just when you think you have the answers, I change the questions." <laughs> <laughs> And boy, is that the case with these assholes. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, really, the only thing you can count on is them doing Being the absolute awful. possibly worst thing in that moment. So, yeah. well, uh, Speaking of doing the worst things, uh, I, I mentioned this in the email I sent you. Tim Allen is possibly, <laughs> possibly worse than Grandpa <laughs> Joe from Willy Wonka, possibly. It's I, close. So, 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 fill me in. I saw, I saw that he had said some stuff recently that was incredibly ignorant. Uh, well, yeah, he. Um, so he went on Mark Maron's uh, podcast, and he basically said that. Well, not basically. He said that he liked that Trump made people angry. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it's all a joke to him. Uh, Let's see. Once I realized the last president pissed people off, I kind of like that. Uh, so I didn't join in on saying anything. I didn't want to join in the lynching crowd. First off, lynching. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> he's also compared uh, being a conservative in Hollywood to living in Nazi Germany. He has... Uh, bemoan the fact that as a white man, he can't say the N-word. Um, yeah, Tim wow. Allen is consistently the worst. Wow. Tim Allen is bad. And that's, uh, that's disappointing because uh, I really um, I really like the Toy Story movies. But yeah. aside, from, aside from that, yeah, that is, he is real trash. Yeah. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, Tim Allen. So I'll, this is where I admit to you that I actually watched a fair amount of Home Improvement when uh, their show was on TV, and uh, and I'm not proud of it in this moment, but um, but it's it, it's a part of who I I was, Brian, and I want you to know this fact about me now. So I used to watch Home Improvement, and and that show is like like it's basically an upper middle class uh, or or upper class rich white suburban family who 
you know, like, like they're, they're living the dream. Like Brian, you're living the dream, but they are, they were living the dream in that show. Yeah. And, uh, and, and to like, he's, he's portraying like an upper class white guy on TV, you know, like perpetrating, like, or perpetuating the, like the, the nuclear family is this. And, and this is what, you know, like, whatever. like there, there's an insidious nature to that stuff being on TV. And, and those, these are the portrayals of families and, and this is how life, you know, kind of be. And like the guy has not suffered in any way, shape or form. Like, give me a, give me a break Tim Allen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he has suffered a little bit, but only of his own doing. Uh, before he became famous, I, I don't know if you're aware, uh, he did two years in a federal penitentiary uh, yes. for slanging cocaine. Um, yes. And he like ratted on a bunch of people to get a two year sentence. <laughs> like he got. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I saw like um, on his Wikipedia page, they were talking about like how much cocaine that he got caught with. And I was like, oh. He should have died in prison <laughs> with as much cocaine as he had. Uh, let's see where are we at here. Well, that and that's that's the thing. Like you get a guy, uh, you know, like you get a you get a white guy slinging that much cocaine. It's two years in jail, and he ends up being a rich, famous, you know, actor comedian. You know, he's set. He's fine. He's good. Yeah. And and you put a, a person of color in that same situation, slinging the amount of coke, and we would never see that person again. Yeah, they would be gone from society. Well, I mean, okay, yeah. So in '78, he was okay. Well, it wasn't that much, I guess. It was a pound and a half of cocaine, which actually that seems like a lot of cocaine to me. <laughs> uh, a I, pound I'm and not... a half is kind of a lot. Let me tell you. If a, if a black person had a pound and a half of cocaine on them, Brian, and they were arrested, we would not see them again. Look, if a black person had a pound and a half of baby powder, I, I still think we might not see him again. Uh, <laughs> we would not see them again. It's terrible. Yeah, so he pled guilty to dr felony drug trafficking charges, and then he provided the names of other dealers in exchange for a sentence of three what? to seven years. What? And what? <laughs> What? He's a snitch. A did prolific snitch. snitch. <laughs> what? Did that did that article did that quote say multiple numbers? Oh, yeah. He provided the names <laughs> of other dealers, plural. <laughs> yeah, plural. Holy cow. He's a big snitch. Yeah. And he was paroled after serving two years and four months. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. That that's absolutely insane to me that like this guy gets to portray like a moral character. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Tim Allen. Like, I don't want to oh. hear anybody say anything about Jay-Z ever again. Okay. At least Jay-Z never snitched, okay? He might have shot his brother <laughs> and he may have sold cocaine to his mom, but he didn't snitch, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I actually love Jay Z. I don't know. I don't know if uh, anybody listening to this thinks that I don't. I, I just had to throw that in there. Though. Uh, real quick aside, uh, 
if uh, if you haven't already heard, and I'm sure you have, because you're much cooler than I am. But uh, uh, there's a remix, uh, Nipsey Hustle and Jay Z, uh, that uh, it sounds pretty good. It sounds like Vintage J, and Nipsey's verse on it is uh, is very good. They mashed up. I should clarify. It's not it's not a recent. They they mashed up a verse from 2013. Nipsey's from 2013. He did not posthumously recorded it uh but they mashed they mashed it up and it sounds but it sounds very good he didn't go full tupac is what you're telling me <laughs> no no although i'll tell you when i heard that there was a nipsey jay-z collaboration that just came out i was horrified because i i was like i'm pretty sure that i had heard some news that he was not with us anymore uh maybe i dreamed that whole thing yeah what I'm... it feels like or what it what it feel like excuse me what it feels like Exactly. I said that the whitest way I could have. (laughs) What what it feels like, sir. What it do, everybody. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What does it feel like? Please tell. I feel like uh, I'm so out of the loop on like new music that like when Nipsey Hussle died, I only knew him as the guy that was dating Lauren London. I didn't know anything about him. I hadn't listened to a single song of his. Uh, same thing with um, with uh, Mac Miller. When he died, I was like, everybody really seems to like this dude. I'm going to go ahead and give his music a listen. I, re- I like them both. I was like, huh, I probably should have listened to them while they were still with us. But alas. I... I went, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I went. I, I had not listened to any Nipsey at all uh, before he, he died. But you're right. Everybody was like, just there were tributes everywhere. Uh, and I'll be honest. I, I downloaded some music. I thought it was pretty good. I've not listened to Mac Miller. Um, that's. Uh, I just haven't. Yeah. Somebody put up a uh, one of his Tiny Desk concerts, and I was like, this is a funky little song. I dig this. He wasn't like, a, you know, the, the white guy rappers who uh, who are just like doing an impression of a black guy. And he was just like, yeah, that... no, no, Mac Miller was just like, I'm a white guy who has black friends, but I'm still white. And I recognize that. And I was like, I dig that. I respect that. <laughs> so what, so what, what track do you recommend? Um, let's see. What is a off of his album? I believe it's swimming pools. Uh, what the hell is it? No, it's swimming. Excuse me. Uh, what's the use? That is. What's the use? All right. That's a. Good. It's got, I'll pick that out. Got a nice little funky bass line on it. All right. I'm going to add it. Yeah, so All right. This, I'm going to check that out when we're done. Yeah, this has been old guy rap back. talk. <laughs> this is, yeah. This is uh, two 37 year old dads talking about how they hadn't listened to Nipsey uh, and Mac Miller. <laughs> We're, um, I'm sorry, Brian. I don't know what demographic your podcast is, but uh, we're not hitting it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know who else is good? You know, Nelly. I heard a little song called <laughs> EI. Oh, boy. <laughs> this Jason Z, he is a, he is a good rapper. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? I can't think of. Oh, uh, well, I just, uh, I just want to say that I love you and I'm happy for you because you really are killing it, man. 
the, um, the love is mutual, baby. Hey, I, like I'm doing okay, but like you're kind of on another level right now, man. You had you had a good month. You're getting a vacation home, Brian. You're rich. You have a vacation whoa, whoa, home. Home. Slow down on slow down on using that R word. Uh, this is split three ways. <laughs> 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 you, all right. I'm you, moderately you comfortable. <laughs> you are th- a third of the way to being rich, my man. You are on your way. Uh, you got uh, 33% of the way there. Congratulations, man. I love you. That's thank awesome. you, man. Thank you. Uh,